The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at karm.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. How you doing out there in Radio Land? I'm doing okay. And if you want to give me a call, please do. All you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Tonight at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, I'll be on um, for an hour or two on uh, Clubhouse answering questions. I do it on Wednesday nights, and people just line up, and then they just ask questions. So I do the same kind of thing I do here except do it on there and I because it's a different venue a different way what I'll do is often get into things uh, a lot more detailed anyway, not a big deal but there you go so if you're interested in that go to uh, Clubhouse you can download it and just look for Matt Slick just do a search for it so um, we have four open lines give me a call 877-207-2276 just let you know that the last week of this year you know, 25th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, uh, I won't be on the radio. I'm taking the whole week off, and um, that'll be that. So i just let you know. Also, hey, uh, if you are so kind, would you please consider uh, supporting us financially? We do need it. We ask $5 a month, not very much. Would you please consider that? Because, well, if we get enough people doing that, we're going to, um, uh, you know, be able to meet what we need. Uh, we've uh, suffered, uh, you know, because of the uh, the bad economy, and you know that's just how it is. So don't think that five dollars doesn't matter. It does, and we're hoping that you would consider supporting us. Just go to karm.org forward slash donate. All the information you need is right there. We are not using PayPal, and so uh, in that sign up thing, and so all you got to do is go there and check it out. Okay, you can you can help us out. Oh, and that's right, I forgot to mention that. It's a matching funds drive this last month of, uh, of December and uh, of this year. And so if whatever you donate uh, gets matched, gets doubled. So thanks, you know, hey, you know, uh, please ch- check us out. And what I've been doing is calling donors uh, periodically. Just call them up and uh, say, hey, you know, I just want to say thanks. And, and uh, we have good conversations. So I, I like doing that. It's a lot of fun. All right. Four open lines, 877-207-2276. Let's get on with, uh, let's see, that would be Jackie. Hey, Jackie, welcome. You're on the air. Hi. Yes, I have a question. Uh, mm-hmm. If um, In Isaiah, it talks about uh, when we get um, older and our hairs get gray, God will comfort us and take care of us. Mm-hmm. Well, why is it? Um, I mean, I'm older, and I just got out of a rehab, and I know lots of people in their hands. Why is it they're all suffering so bad? Their hair is gray, and they're not being taken care of at all. They hire convicts, ex-convicts to work in these nursing homes. Yeah. There's a lot of bad stuff that so goes on. I'd like to, well, no, but I want the answer to that scripture. It's either true or it's not. Well, Scripture is true in so far as it's intended to be true. We can't take everything it says and say, here's a formula, and this is something that must always happen every time. It doesn't work like that. A lot of people make that mistake of thinking that's the case, but it's not. And so it talks about uh, to, to the people of Israel, we'll take care of you. 
And what people will do is they'll say, well, that means everybody. No, it doesn't. And so it's talking about Israel and the covenant people of Israel, that he'll take care of them. And usually it's under conditions. If you are faithful to me, I'll be faithful to you. And a lot of times they're not faithful. And so God doesn't take care of them. He sends them into bondage. He sends them into persecution because of their unfaithfulness. So we can't take one verse, and if you were to show me which verse it was, I would be able to examine the context and say, well, here's it's what it It's in means. Isaiah. It's a very familiar verse that says, God, it's in Isaiah. It says, God will take care of you. Even when you're old and your hairs are gray, he will comfort you. Let's see. Hairs are, I don't see that. How about gray? G-R, whoops. Um. Even to your old, okay, listen to me, house of Jacob and all the remnant of the house of Israel. This is talking about the nation of Israel. You whom have been born uh, by me from birth and have been carried from the womb. Even to your old age, I'll, I, will be, uh, I will be the same. And even to your graying years, I will bear you. I have done it and I will carry you and I'll bear you and I'll deliver you. So he's talking about Israel. He's not talking about us. Oh, so other good Christian people languished for years in in, um, in uh, nursing homes and cry out for mercy. Uh, I mean, it's confusing. That's why so many people are agnostic no, or atheists. Well, hold on, hold on. First of all, what you quoted me or referenced is about national Israel and about God's covenant yeah, relationship. Yeah, I, I with, hear you. About his covenant relationship yeah. with about his covenant relationship with Israel, not about Christians today. So it's a misapplication. God does not promise that he will take care of you in a nursing home. We're supposed to do this. There are problems, there are people with uh, sicknesses, with illnesses of varying forms, and God allows it to happen. So if you want to think that it's supposed to be that you're not supposed to be suffering at all in a nursing home, please find me the scripture that says that or implies that. Okay. No, I, 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 I think that there's so many promises that God has for us, but you, you can't prove them That when you see a lot of bad situations. So that's why so many people are agnostic. That's, look, I'm old. I know the Bible pretty good. I, It's just... It's that's why people are agnostic. No, they're agnostic because they rebel against God and they use whatever sinful reason they can to reject Him. It's part of their fallen nature. They reject the things of God. They're haters of God. They don't seek for God. They don't do any good. They're dead in their sins. And they use excuses like this to say, this is why God doesn't work. And I ask them, I say, is God obligated then to uh, take care of people in nursing homes? Is He obligated to stop all suffering? And they'll say, well, yes, he is. See, where'd you get this? Where do you get off? I, I ask them, I say, where do you get off saying, this is how God ought to be in the world? And you want to say, well, God doesn't do what I want him to do, so therefore I'm going to reject him. He says, that's fine. Go, re you reject him, and you'll reject his saving offer for your sins as well. And then the judgment of God's upon you. I deal with this kind of thing all the time from people. And in their arrogance... They want to challenge God as though they have a leg to stand on as far as righteousness goes. So they reject God because of their sinfulness. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't think he's explained it well, and uh, I, I, I think. Are you an atheist? Look a lot. I, I was born again Christian, and for years. And Are I you an atheist? Serious. Are you an atheist? Not, not sure. You're not sure. Okay, so yeah. you don't know if God exists or doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah. Well, then let me ask you. Okay. Um, do you believe that there's like absolute truth values out there? Like, you know, do you believe in absolute truth? Uh, I I always learned that the Bible was the inerrant word of God. But uh, as I look around, I ask you a question. I, I, I ask you a question. Do you believe you don't there's have such things? So arrogant. Excuse me, ma'am, but I've asked you a question. You ignore the question, and then when I say you didn't answer, you call me arrogant. What's wrong with you? Why are you so hostile? No, I, 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 I think because you're probably not the best person to ask questions to about the Bible. Okay, thanks. Goodbye. Oh, goodbye. Wow. Wow. Let me tell you, that's interesting, because something else happened today that's really interesting. You know, I try and talk to people, and I try and relate with them, and you can tell when they're, they've got their minds made up and they're looking for a fight, they're looking for uh, something to complain about. And when I asked her the question about absolute truth, I had a reason for asking, and she just dismissed it. When I asked the same question of those who doubt God's word, uh, and, and you know she's basically she's an atheist uh, I would believe she says she's not sure but that you, you know model my experience that being they don't believe in God and so you start asking these questions and then notice what happens she went on the attack I'm like whoa excuse me and it's it's really interesting well I was in this uh, venue today while I was working on a list of, of questions I was organizing a bunch of questions, and let's see how many came up with uh, people that have sent questions in. I have even hardly added any of them. I've got 673 to do. And um, so I'm listening in a chat room, and I'm listening to people from the Eastern Orthodox Church talk. And I'm going to tell you, they were arrogant, they were condescending, they were rude. <coughs> Excuse me. They uh, misrepresented. You know, I'm a Calvinist, and and uh, they misrepresented Calvinism. They were talking down to people. They were talking arrogantly, pridefully. They were mocking. And I just I listened for an hour while I was working on this file, you know, and I didn't say anything. And people started coming in and asking me questions in the chat, and I I hardly responded. I'm just there to listen. And I I did ask one question. And uh, I was attacked for the question, but but as I was getting ready for the show, I I said you know I had to go and stuff like that. But um, oh no, this is before that they shut it down. But anyway, before they did, uh, they had to leave and shut down the room. I asked them. I said Colossians four, five, and six says conduct yourself with wisdom, and and be, and, uh, be patient and kind. I quoted a couple uh, places in scripture not to mock, not to do this, not to do that. And I said, you know, you guys have just shown me, and I, as I've been, I typed it out, as I've been listening, I've seen mockery, condemnation, attacks, misrepresentation. And I said, I haven't seen you follow what the scriptures t- say to do. And 
they actually started responding to that and uh, they didn't really have much to say because they knew they were guilty of it it's just interesting that this lady calls up and you know I hope she's still listening but uh, I think she's just looking for a fight that's what I was thinking she's looking to uh, justify her denial of God I think that's what it was and I I wanted to show her uh, that there was a problem with her position I'm just going to show it to her politely but she didn't want anything to do with it and when I and so she, like the EO, Eastern Orthodox people, was very similar that you really can't ask questions in order to hopefully maybe shed some light on something. They are the ones who are right, and you, because you don't agree with them, are not. And that's how it is. And so this kind of thing is increasing here. Uh, I've noticed a great deal. And more and more, I'm matching it with what the scriptures say. And I'm not doing it perfectly. But I, I, I'm being known, or getting to be known as someone who, you know, if you're rude to them, I'll just take off. I'm not going to talk to you. And I, I ask people to be polite. I ask them uh, to be patient. And they don't want to be. I, I still blow it, I know. But, I, I, you know, this is the goal. In Second Timothy 2, 24, 25, the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. And then Colossians 4, 5, and 6. This is what I said to, uh, you know, I've covered these to the Eastern Orthodox people. Conduct yourself with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should respond to each person. They did not respond to the scriptures of God's word. And I can't help but wonder, why is it the increase within Eastern Orthodoxy, Catholicism, Atheism, Islam, the rudeness and self-righteousness are on the rise because they don't have God in them. Anyway, hey, we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Let's get on with Alex from Florida. Hey, Alex, welcome. You're on the air. Look who's back. Oh, man. You know, we're supposed to have a filter on for incompetent, uh, you know, but you got through anyway. So uh, what do you got, buddy? Okay. Um, well, first I want to say before I get my question, I want to plead with your uh, listeners to uh, support the matching funds drive this month. Me and my yeah. wife helped out. You got the donor who's matching. You know, Carm, you guys are defending the faith. You've been doing it for almost, what, four decades now, right? Well, I've been doing it since 1980, but Carm is 27 years old now. How about that? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, people... You know, take your money instead of buying your coffee or something like that. Help out the matching funds drive. You know, everything's a match. So, and they could really use it right now. So, just yeah, wanted to get, that, that, get that out of the way. But yeah, you no, tell him, I, I didn't put you up to this, you know. I mean, no, no, know, he, didn't, talk, he didn't put me up to it. No, I, right. I said on the radio, I tweeted it because I've learned a lot. He's a good brother. And, you know, he's got his quirks. He's got his flaws. He's imperfect like all of us. What? But he what are you, what are you saying? <laughs> Man, you know, sometimes, I don't know, Alex, I don't know, man. I, 
I'll still I'll still be your friend, but boy, with that I don't know. Yeah, just don't tell my wife you said Bible. that. You defend God's word. That's good. You know? Yeah, just don't call my wife up and you say that. She'll go, Amen. That's right. <laughs> um so yeah, so my question is I hmm? ran into some Church of God people last night. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It was yeah, it was that. you sent me that on the family. phone, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was wild, but we were talking about the resurrection. So they don't they deny that Jesus is in a physical body at the right hand of the Father. Um, so they and deny they can't that. can't be Christians. So, yeah, no, they're not. They're in a non-Christian mm-hmm. cult, and I told mm-hmm. them that um, at one point. You know, got to that. But so my question is, I was thinking about this. Where is Jesus? So after he was resurrected, before he appeared to Mary. Where was he? Was he in heaven? In the physical the, body? All I can do, do is give you the theory that seems to be supported by Scripture. Seems to be. Okay. And the idea is that during the state uh, between his death and physical resurrection, it looks like, and I'll read it to you here, it goes to Ephesians 4. I think it's in verse starts verse eight. Therefore, it mm-hmm. says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And so, uh, some think, well, he ascended on high and led captive a host of captives. So here's one of the theories: before Christ died, people would die in faith, but they couldn't go to heaven because the sacrifice of Christ had not yet been offered. So they were in a holding place, paradise. And this is spoken of by Jesus in Luke 16, 19 through 32, 31. Okay, sorry about that. And so you have Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man's in uh, Abraham's bosom, which is related to paradise. And uh, the rich man, tradition says his name is Dives. That's just worthless trivia. Uh, He was in the bad place. So one of the theories is that people who died before the uh, crucifixion of Christ, where the atonement had occurred, went to this holding place. And after the death of Christ, he went and made proclamation to the spirits. Now that is found in, let's see, uh, verse First uh, Peter three eighteen and nineteen. For Christ also died once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit in which he also made and, and went and made proclamation to the pr- uh, spirits now imprisoned, imprisoned, wow, in prison, who were once disobedient when the patience of God waiting in the days of Noah. Now, I don't really think that pericope really matches the theory, but this is one of the areas people go to when they talk about this. They, they say, you know, he went and made proclamation of the spirits now in prison. Well, does it mean the good or does it mean the bad also? So one of the theories is that uh, he went to the bad place and says, this is why you guys are, are in trouble. And to the good place and said, come with me, went up to heaven with them and then uh, re-entered his body uh, in the resurrection. That's one of the theories. Okay, okay. So now if that's one of the theories, if his body wasn't found in the tomb, and he's in a physical body now. Was he in a physical body in that state, in that theory? Would you no. say that that's... No. No, because his physical body was dead, and he was separated from his physical body, though still human. Okay, okay. so when... Okay, so during that period, it was separate, and then mm-hmm. then when did he get the physical body back? 
when you resurrected. Okay, so okay, so that that was my question. So when he was res- when he resurrected, he had the physical body right after the resurrection, right after the three days. He had the physical body. Well, his body was in the grave and had holes in it, and it was the body that had died, and that he died yeah. in. And so, um, at that point, what happened uh, upon his resurrection is that the body was then glorified. There was a change that occurred to it. And this is talked about in First Corinthians 15, 35-45, and the glorified body. So he's the first fruits of creation. He has the, He's the first one to have the glorified body and that's the so to speak down payment proof that we will have the same thing happen to us okay so here's another question so when he had the glorified body did he go to heaven first and then come and appear to the disciples or was he on the earth still with the glorified body continuing as he appeared to the disciples well, that one I'm going to have to, I'd have to study because just to do a chronology thing, because at his yeah. resurrection, the women were there at the tomb and they saw him. Does it mean then that there was a, you know, say a five hour period of time between that and his next appearance of somebody? Did he go up to heaven in that five hour period of time and come back? These are logical possibilities. Is it possible that he could have been in the grave resurrected before he walked out? Uh, and left or moved apparently he can he just appeared in a room you know in, in john 20 with the disciples just there he was people say he walked through walls don't say that it doesn't say he walked through walls it just says and he appeared so if he he seems to have have had the ability to be able to just at will move here and there which i'm hoping is what happens to us as well and so within logical possibility could it be that he went up to heaven and did some stuff and then came back it's logically possible did he do it that's the question and we don't know so there there was a 40 period 40 day period where he was ministering to people after his resurrection could he have gone to heaven logically we can we can't say no but we can't assert that it was so we don't know but it's a possibility and and we're just ignorant Okay, but when I talk to the cult, I should just assume after the resurrection he had a glorified body. In that whole of course, body. absolutely. Okay. Without that resurrected body, uh, then there is no resurrection. Now, a resuscitation yeah. is different, because with Lazarus, John 11, he, res- he resuscitated him. It wasn't resurrected in the glorified body, which is what Jesus has. Okay? Okay, you, I got, got one more question. Questions? Oh, you certainly yeah. can. Hold on, buddy. All right. That's Alex from Florida. He's a good guy. I tease him. And if you want to call, we have three open lines, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Alex, hey, buddy, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, All right, man. So first, to change topics with these Church of God guys that I was talking to, mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. They were using this, um, basically they trust in so many words, like baptism, uh, taking Passover. They have really problem with saying the word communion for some reason. They think it's a man-made thing, mm-hmm. just like Trinity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a cult, yeah. But so, 
Yeah, they were taking 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8, and they were talking about the Passover and how we need to keep the Passover in order to have salvation. And so oh, okay. one question I had was, did the early church celebrate Passover? Well, yeah, as communion, because communion occurred on Passover. When Jesus was crucified, it was Passover meal. So we, the communion is that. It's a replacement of Passover. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. See, that's what I was saying to them. But, man, they're so deceived. They also believe in the God the Mother stuff. Just, yes. I mean, yeah. it was... I, yeah. I I left the gym, and they cornered me, invited me to the service. and, and Go. But, so, I gone. Yeah. Well, well, no, so it's a Zoom thing. I'll send you the link, and they said you can ask sure. questions. Ooh. The questions I like to ask of groups like that is, are all of your sins forgiven right now? And yeah, that's uh, a great throwing, question. It is. It's throwing a monkey wrench in there. And I'll, yeah. I'll uh, you know, and the Eastern Orthodox don't like it. I've discovered this recently. Uh, in the past couple of weeks, I've been using this question. EO, Catholics, Muslims, they don't like the question. They attack you for, for asking it. Which is interesting. So it's a good question to ask them as well. You know, just send me the link, and uh, maybe, maybe go on together there. We'll check it out and see what happens. Yeah, yeah I'll send you a link. When you started using that question, "How are your sins forgiven?" or "Are your sins no. forgiven right now?" I've been using are that a lot more in evangelism. Yeah, are all of your sins forgiven right now? It's a little bit of an yeah. open-ended question. All, I mean, up to this point in past, all present and past, or any future, and you have a discussion. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Hey, can I plug my ministry? Sure. All right. If you guys want to uh, pray for us or support us, you guys can visit uh, vesselsforchrist.org. We work with uh, missionaries and pastors in um, Belize, Myanmar, and India. So come check us out. The CARM prayer team has been praying for us for a couple of years now, and uh, we can use your prayers or support, um, just like my brother Matt here and you know, we're just trying to do the Lord's work and spread the gospel and got a lot of opposition coming against us, but we just keep fighting and fighting and, you know, you take uh, uh, take the heaven or take heaven by force, you know, just like the verse, uh, what's the verse? Right. Violence. Uh, yeah, take that, take heaven by force. So, so if you guys want to support us and just pray for us, pray for harm and um, really we could use it because there's a lot of oppression these days and a lot of opposition that a lot of people wouldn't even understand, to be honest. That's right. And it's going to get worse, which is all the more reason to preach the gospel more, because uh, when sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. So there you go. All right, buddy. Amen. All right. See you, brother. Okay. God bless. All right. Let's just jump over to Ryan from Utah. Hey, Ryan. Welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Sure. So uh, earlier this week, um, I, I... I think I caught the tail end of a conversation when I popped on your show on the radio, of course, and okay. it sounded at the time like you were kind of denouncing a little bit um, other people for following their feelings, and you specifically mentioned uh, members of the Mormon Church. I, I happen to be mm-hmm. part of the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, mm-hmm. um, and it seemed like it about that's why I'm calling. So I want to see if you could you, clarify. You for a second. It seems a little hypocritical. You, you, Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, you broke can, up, but I'll just go. Yeah, yeah, we'll work with it. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. 
So um, it seemed a little hypocritical. A couple of years ago, you had shared your conversion story, which was amazing, by the way, and I appreciate that. And so I was just wondering, how do you, um, if you could clarify, if you were kind of denouncing other people for kind of following their, their feelings um, and their experiences like that, when it seemed like obviously you had a very uh, special experience of your own. Yeah, I even check that incredible experience with Scripture. I don't trust my feelings. I don't right. trust it. I I submit it to the Word of God, and as long as it agrees with the Word of God, then I'll affirm it. And so the presence of Christ, uh, the forgiveness, etc. Mormons don't do that. You submit, no disrespect, well, man. I do. But, uh, no, you don't. Because you, su you do what is ungodly. <laughs> Yeah, you do what's ungodly. You serve a false god and have a false gospel. And you pray about truth to see if you get a feeling about truth. God never says to do that. Never says to do that. He, he, the word of God is true because it's true. You don't pray about a book to see if it's true, as Mormonism says. So that's, it's a form of, of huh. idolatry. Okay. Interesting take on that. I... I I'd like talking to you, but it's interesting because every little conversation you're so good at, like, it, that could be an hour-long conversation. So, yeah. um, just just well, wanted you, to... You can talk. Pick your brain you for that. About it. Okay. Well, Keep it it's just funny. I mean, every time that I have talked with you, I, I totally disagree with what you're saying. Um, mm -hmm. And I know you have... You, you, times in the past, you've mowed me down with 20 scriptures that I can't even have time to... <laughs> I'm actually driving right now, so trying to report <laughs> well, to that is, is almost impossible, but... Yeah, I, I agree. And it's, yeah. But, yeah. but I've been studying this for so long, and I've studied Mormonism off and on for you know decades and stuff. Um, um, as as, as a buy, yeah. Yeah, and Mormonism is logically impossible. It can't be. So let me, oh, let me ask you a totally question. Not. Oh, yeah, let me show you. But let me set you up, okay? Let me set you up first. You know I'm not against <laughs> you. You know, I'm not, you know I'm not trying to hurt you. Oh, no, no. You know, okay. No, I you, I totally know that. Now, I don't take it personally. I I appreciate okay. that. I do believe that you're doing good work. That you're trying to unify people, and that's good. Having good conversations is why I listen. So okay, yeah, good. All right. So if something can't be true, should you believe in it? <laughs> uh huh. All it your questions are so loaded. Oh, it is. Well, here's See, the thing. You know, I'm I, setting I know you up. from logic and from the Bible that what mm -hmm. I believe is true is that you're interpreting things differently. So like every scripture that you pull that. up for whether it's the... Okay, I asked, if something cannot be true, should you believe in it? That's what, that's what the question was. Well, how would you, you determine believe? if something could not be true? Well, 2 plus 2 is 8.375. It cannot be true, so you should not believe it's true, correct? Yeah, right. this is going to be a rabbit hole where no. I'm going to get nowhere. No. Not, and you're not no. going to change me. I'm not going to change you. So I love you. Appreciate you. I'm going to take off I'll now. I'll show you. Take care, I'll man. show you. Okay. All right. So uh, what I was going to do before the break here uh, is uh, talk about the Mormon God concept, and I'll show you why it's impossible and it can't work. Hopefully I can get this across. In Mormonism, uh, their God came from another planet who was exalted by the God from another planet and who exalted by a God before that exalted by a God before that exalted by a God before that alright so this means then that the further back in time you go the less gods there are that's what they that's the logic 
that's necessary. The further back you go, the the uh, less gods there are. So think of a of a pyramid, you know, laying down, or a triangle laying down on a, on a surface. And as you move forward, it's coming to a point in the future. Because this is logically necessary, because as we move in Mormon theology, as you move now into the future, there's more gods. Because there could be, you know, hundreds of gods that come from our planet that go in Mormon theology, that go off to be uh, gods of their own worlds. And then they start the process again. So uh, this triangle idea, as you turn around and you go into the future, it's broadening. As you, you look, it's broadening. More gods, more gods, more gods. So picture yourself standing in this, this these two lines that start at one point and they're moving away from each other. And the further you go out as they, they move out, the more gods there are. Well, that means when you turn around and you walk back towards the less gods, because that's what the, the past would necessitate. If there's less gods, then as this continues, there has to be a point where it started by one. This would be a logical necessity. Now, the problem is that if there's only one God that started it, according to Mormonism, he has to be exalted by another God. But he can't because there is no previous God. And so therefore, it's a logical impossibility from this scenario. One of the things that Mormonism also teaches is the intelligences. And I've had different discussions and I can't find out what the exact definition of all of this is or how many there are in Mormonism because they don't know because there's logical impossibilities with it. And the intelligences, I've heard some say innumerable, infinite, but that's not possible. And that they inhabit human bodies and become a god. Well, how is that possible if Mormonism is true? You can't have it both be true and also not the case that it's true. And then that brings up the issue of logic, which requires a single unchanging mind. That's a whole other thing. And you can prove Mormonism is false just by using logic and common sense. And that's one of the ways. Hey, there's the music. We'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Just want to let you know that we stay on the air by your support. Please consider supporting us. We definitely do need that, and we ask $5 a month. And if you'd be so kind as to go to karm.org forward slash donate, you'll see... Uh, how to do it. It's really easy. You can set it up and matching funds drive this month uh, for the end of the year through uh, December, all of December. So whatever you donate will be doubled automatically. And so it's going to happen. And we, oh, excuse me, a little hiccup there. And we could definitely use that. Uh, so please consider that. And if you can't do it, don't want to do it, that's okay. All you got to do, we would ask also, is pray for us. Because we certainly do want to pray uh, and need those prayers. Let's get to Scott from Connecticut. Scott, welcome. You're on the air. Oh, thank you. Uh, actually, after you, you now spoke about the Mormons, would you mind if mm -hmm. I changed the question? Sure, go ahead. It's all right. Um, my understanding is that uh, the Mormons believe that Quetzalcoatl was Jesus. And to yes. me, it appears that Quetzalcoatl is more like Lucifer. Well, Quetzalcoatl... 
Yeah, I would agree. Uh, there's some similarities and some stuff. And they'll say that he went and appeared to the Americas, to the I think it was the Incas, and that's what Quetzalcoatl is. And uh, he had blonde hair, which uh, or light hair, blonde hair, which I say, see, that's Jesus. No, Jesus didn't have blonde hair. And uh, so they're just all they're doing is uh, imposing a what's called ethnocentricity, an ethnocentric view on Christ because he's going to be like us. He's going to have white skin. He's obviously Jesus Caucasian. You know, he wasn't Negroid or what we call Mongoloid. And what, that, what people don't understand is a lot of people don't. There's three main races, they say. The Caucasoid, the Mongoloid, the Negroid. And the Mongoloid are the Asians. Negroids are, you know, African. And then the ca Caucasians, Caucasoid. Anyway, so uh, that's why I say, you know, don't trust a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Caucasian surfer Jesus. Uh, because that's not what he was like. He uh, looked a little bit darker than us, and uh, it seems to be the case. But nevertheless, so they, they, the Mormons have been guilty of just imposing a uh, ethnocentric view of who Christ is. When you go to the Temple Square and you look in their buildings, you look in their stuff, it's, he's got blonde hair, blue eyes, or sandy blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, really nice-looking uh, feminine, etc., etc. And so they they said, well, let's transfer that over to Quetzalcoatl, who has some resemblance. And they say, see, that's him. And that, that's what's, you know, it's bad news. Uh, okay. Well, I, I, I think that the indigenous accounts actually describe him, though, as, as being rather, rather fair yeah. in, in color and, and, and appearance. Who? Who? Jesus? Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, Quetzalcoatl, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and that's just it. Real fair-haired. Jesus wasn't. We, we, we can't say he wasn't, but uh, he was from the Semitic line, you know, the Jews. How many Jews have you seen on TV and movies or you know, Jewish nations are blonde-haired, blue-eyed? It just, just doesn't happen. Okay, because they came out of the the one uh, you know, father Abraham, and he was from the Ur of the Chaldees, and so the the genetics doesn't fit that blonde hair. That's not to say that they couldn't have had a mutation, which is what, what some people think blonde hair, blue eyes is, and um, it just became favorable in some contexts and some areas. We won't get into all this stuff, but all they're doing is is just saying that um, that is that. And, you know, Quetzalcoatl is the, is a, the serpent, uh, from what I understand, the, the feathered serpent deity. You know, it's a Correct. serpent god. Yeah. And so if they want to say it was Quetzalcoatl, you know, it, it gets tiring, fatiguing, doing everybody's homework for them. And the Mormons are a good example. They don't research this stuff. They just believe whatever they're told and... The Bible says, when the blind lead the blind, they both fall into the pit and perish. I, I, I actually think that they did some research, but but it, it was of a, a counterpoint, you know, to, to our view, and, and that it was much more Luciferian. Yeah. Personally, uh, you know. Yeah, there, well, there's a lot, there's a lot in Mormonism that uh, people don't know. Someone brought up a point about the Mormon temple ceremony, and I'm not going to say anything what it is, except to say that in it, uh, Satan does a lot of the teaching in the Mormon temple ceremony. 
Someone pointed that out to me once. And you can go online and you can get the temple ceremony transcribed. And the scenarios, you can get it. And uh, it's amazing how much Satan does the teaching in their own ceremony. Perfect. And now this I will say, that the, the Mormons go in, they're given a, a green a fig leaf apron that, that they, they don't wear until they're told to put it on later. And it occurs after, uh, I believe it was Adam who asked Satan in a certain scene, what's that apron you're wearing? And, and it's, a, it's a dark, very dark uh, fig leaf apron. The same pattern, just a different color. And he says, it's a symbol of my priesthood, my power. And then the film stops. I was told this. Okay, film stops. The Mormons are told to put on their aprons, which should scare the crud out of you. And I've heard, as people have told me about this, that a lot of Mormons, when they're done with that ceremony, they walk out, and they they leave Mormonism. They don't go back to the church. They're done. It happens a lot. What I've been told. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, so you know all non-Christian religions are ultimately demonically inspired: Mormonism, Eastern Orthodoxy, Islam, Roman Catholicism. Some of these groups originated out of the truth and then deviated because they they refused to put the Word of God, which represents God's character and His truth. Uh, they took the Word of God, the Scriptures and then cast doubt on them, just like Satan did uh, with Eve in Genesis 3, 3, 1. Did God really say? The principle of doubting God's word. And people do it in different ways. The Bible is correct insofar as correctly translated, you know, the uh, eighth article of the Mormon church. Or in Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy, you can't interpret the Bible of your, on your own. You need the authority of the magisterium to tell you. Or Islam, the Bible's been corrupted, even though the Quran never says it's corrupted. It's quite the contrary, sort of 3, 3, uh, 10, uh, 94. And so you get these things that happen like this, where they people will, will do this and they're open to deception. And so ultimately this is the enemy who, in Genesis 3, 1, is the author of doubting God's word and then the author of contradicting God's word. And so all these false religions who don't hold to the word of God in its, in its rightful ultimate place as our final authority that God has provided for us here on earth, then they're open to being deceived. And what they'll do then is uh, don't realize that Satan goes around prowling on whom he'll devour. He can appear as an, an angel of light. He can make you feel good about what it is you, you uh, believe. God from another planet, you can become God with your own handshakes, as Mormonism teaches. Or the Jehovah's Witness organization that you uh, maintain your salvation by obedience to the, uh, the commandments, as, as the Watchtower teaches in 1983. Page 12, uh, it does. And, um, and so Islam, in you know, Surah 23, 102-103, talks about if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, you can you get salvation, your sins forgiven, hopefully. And this is what religions teach. Uh, Mormonism says, for example, in Second Nephi 25-23, that uh, you're saved by grace through faith after all you can do. All false religions, they, uh, because they doubt this, the place of God's authority in his word, then subjected to their prophets, their prophetesses, their magisteriums, and their own private interpretations. This is what happens. Anyway, you got me going there. That's what's going on, though. 
Well, you know, I've been doing this for so long. But this for so long that I started seeing the commonalities long, many years ago. And I could just tell you, this is how they do these. This is the similar things. Sometimes what I'll do is, depending on which group I'm talking to, I'll quote a different group and what they teach about salvation. And they'll go, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's what we teach. You know? And uh, they don't realize what I'm doing is uh, quoting the, uh, uh, you know, like, like, you know, quoting the Quran to the Mormons. Or they don't realize it. Or the Book of Mormon to the Muslims or the Jehovah's Witnesses or the Catholics. And they, they go, yeah, it sounds good to me. And uh, one of the ones I'm trying to memorize, I'm just going to go in here, just kind of rambling, but is with the Jehovah's Witnesses. I, I need to memorize this because I'm starting to use it more and more. And uh, I'll, like I asked an Eastern Orthodox guy, the Catholic guy, he says, well, do you believe that you know, in order to, to have salvation, you have to obey God's laws and conform your life to the moral requirements that are in the Bible, and that you have to refrain from a debauched, immoral way of life? I think, of course you do. That's how you get salvation. It's a good, that's the Watchtower, February 15, 1983, <laughs> page 12. You know, and this is what happens because for a second I thought you're quoting uh, what was it, Sabatini? What, what was the name? <laughs> Who? The uh, 1666 guy. Uh, was it Sabatini? Oh, I, I don't know who that is. But there's a lot of people through history who teach this because it's man-made religion. Man-made religion reduces God's omniscience, omnipresence, and the power of of the Word and the power of God to to preserve His own Word. And then they say, it's not authoritative, it's not authentic. We are going to be the ones who restore and tell you what God really meant. This is all utterly demonic. And they don't realize it. Now, they're not directly serving Satan on purpose, but they are deceived. This is why Jesus says in Matthew 7, few people, few make it. Few. That's what he says. And he, he says this, uh, oh, let's see. A few words right could, there. Could, 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 could I ask you one other question real sure. quick? Yeah, we've got callers waiting, but almost out of time, but go ahead. Oh, 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 oh. Let, let you go to the next caller. Thank you very much. Take care. Oh, so call back tomorrow, okay? Call back tomorrow then. All right? Okay, okay. okay. Thank you. All right. Okay, God, God bless. Yeah, it's uh, Matthew seven fourteen. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Why? Because they don't submit themselves to the Word of God. That's simple. All right, let's see who's the next longest waiting. That would be Rachel from Utah. Rachel, welcome. You're on the air. Thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate sure. it. Sure. Um, brief question. I would just, someone had posted something and it sparked this question, um, wondering if Christ washed the feet of Judah knowing he was a traitor. Looks like he did, yes, out of uh, John 13. Did he? Mm-hmm. Wow, so this is this is on me to swallow as this girl's trying to explain to me online. How it provoked it is she posted this picture online and it showed Christ watching washing Biden's feet, um, Christ washing like Mussolini's feet. And I just it just didn't sit well with me, but maybe that's on me. I was like, No way is the Lord and, and her comment was, you know, we gotta wash the feet of all these sinners. And I don't know why in, in my mind it just didn't seem right to that picture yeah. that these people aren't humble or submissive. You know, I understand the Lord serves and is, you know, submissive, but I just, I don't know, it just didn't sit right with me. You she know, said, well, would, look, he's washed Judah's feet, he's going to wash all the sinner's feet. 
we were out of time. Can you call back tomorrow okay. and let's talk about that because there's context and some information we need to look at as well. Okay? Can okay. you call back tomorrow okay. and we'll talk about it, okay? Thanks. All right. Okay. That's a very Bye. good question. All right. God bless. Hey, sorry, Mike from North Carolina. You waited a long time. Sorry about that. And Monique from Greensboro, you waited a long time too. Sorry about that. May the Lord bless you all and by His grace, we'll be back on here tomorrow and we'll talk to you then. God bless. Another program powered by the Truth Network.